0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen into to this week's message. I want to talk this morning about kind of an unusual message, the God who never runs out of gas. And I think with all of the news we've seen, and even driving over here this morning, I couldn't believe the prices. I just started on this message on Tuesday. I just felt I got, I, I got to speak on this today. Uh, And and, uh, the gas prices have gone on up since I spoke, or since they just started on Tuesday, it just went up from there. Oh my goodness. So let's just talk about, and this is going to be kind of a metaphor, if you will, um, for the times that we're going through right now. Tough times, uncertain times, and yet God is going to be with us and he's going to see us through. He has the power to keep us. Can I get a witness? Amen. God has the power to keep us. So The Bible says this, uh, and the psalmist David wrote it. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Say with me this morning. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. That means that we serve a faithful God and a God that's going to see us through every time. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you right now for your word that we're getting ready to share. Lord, I just pray right now that you'll let your word find its way into our hearts so that you can help us become the people you call us to be. And I just pray this right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We, we look to you right now, look to your word. Help us to be attentive, Lord God. Help us to be receptive so that your word, the seed of your word, can be planted in our heart. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. 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 Hold your Bibles high in the sky or your, uh, whatever you might have there, your phones or your iPhones or whatever. Say it with me, this is my bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand, and having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says I am, whatever the word of God says I have, whatever the word of God says I can do, say it with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. You may be seated. Especially you, Arlene, who are 33 today. Have a great birthday. All right. When I was a child, gas was 25 cents a gallon. And at times, it went down to 15 cents a gallon if there was a gas war on. Now, when I got to college, the gas was still under a dollar. It was around 50 cents and climbing just a little bit. But at that time, many people, during my college years, many people thought that gas would never... Ever exceed a dollar a gallon, that was just a joke that gas would ever be a dollar a gallon. Nobody could imagine it, but we were wrong in the past year. The price of gas has risen to unprecedented levels, uh, reaching as high as eight dollars per gallon in some southern California cities uh, actually have eight dollar gas right now. So why does the price of gas matter? Why does it even matter because The price of gas impacts the price of all of the goods that we purchase because most of the goods that we purchase are delivered by land, sea, or air, and all require fuel. Uh, Whether it's a ship or a plane or a truck, it all requires fuel. So when the price at the pump goes up, the price of food, shelter, and clothing go up as well. Have you noticed it going up? Have you noticed the kind of wave at me right now? and uh, everyone, it's it's, it's just a wacky, uh, you know, economy that we're living in right now, but the good news today is we serve the God who never runs out of gas, a God who will supply, a God whose supply chain is unlimited and always right on time. Can I get away and say amen? God has no supply chain problems and his delivery time is always right at the right time and he never runs out of gas. If you're happy for that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. I sure am. He's seen us through before and he will see us through again. Can I get a witness? Amen. And in fact, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says this, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I want you to read that with me this morning as a faith statement over your life. Say it with me right now. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I want you to say it this way, all right? And my God, and make it personal, shall supply every need of mine according to his riches and glory. Now I want you to say it this way. And my God shall supply every need of yours, and I want you to point your neighbor right now and say every need of yours, according to his riches and glory, if you believe that and receive it, say aloud, "Amen." amen, amen, now today, I want to look at three parts of scripture, of the scripture this morning, I want to look at three parts, I'm going to look at the Old Testament for a moment, then I'd like to look at Psalms for a moment, then I'd like to look at the New Testament for a moment, all right, and I want to, uh, and and we'll look at some scriptures that'll clearly confirm that we serve a God that never runs out of gas, a God who will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. So the first part we're going to look at is the in the Old Testament, and I want to go to First Kings chapter 17 and verse 8. First Kings chapter 17 and verse 8. We're going to talk about Elijah, not Elisha, but Elijah and the widow. And this is 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Now, you remember Elijah, because I've preached on Elijah before, and you've read about him. But Elijah had proclaimed a drought was coming to the land because of the wickedness of the king, King Ahab and Jezebel. They'd been serving idols and all of that, and they pronounced, he, in the name of God, he pronounced judgment on the land, and he said, right now when I pray, it's not going to rain for about three years. Three to three and a half years is not going to rain. So... He proclaimed a drought in the land, and then they got mad at him, of course. Elijah, uh, pardon me, Ahab and Jezebel came after him wanted his life. They're chasing him around the country. He uh, takes off and runs, and he finds this little uh, brook Called Carath, and he stays at the brook for a while. Then the brook dries up, but God fed him with ravens. Remember, he fed him with ravens? at the brook. How many of you remember that kind of wave at me? He fed him with ravens. And then, after the brook dried up, how many of you know that sometimes the brook will dry up in your life? God moved him on to a new location. And he said this the brook has dried up, but here I'm going to move you on to a new location. So, here's what the Word of God says in verse 8 right now it says, Then. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. This is after the brook dried up. He goes, man, I'm on the run from the king. What am I going to do? The brook dried up. Where am I going to go? And God led him to a new place. He says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. I want to just say, stop for here for just a moment, everyone. And I want to just say today that we all need some kind of a word from the Lord. Can I get a witness? In whatever we're going through, we need a word from the Lord. Not a word from Facebook. Not a word from the media. We need a word from the Lord. And and so Elijah was a prophet. And he would get a word from the Lord. But I wanted to say... Whether you're a prophet or whether you're a regular person like I am, I'm telling you what, God still speaks to his people. And just as the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the word of the Lord will come to you today as well, if you'll just believe on God. You say, God, I'm in a spot right now. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm surrounded by enemies, but my eyes are on you. And God will give you the word in due season that you need. If you believe that, say aloud, amen. 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 So here was the word to Elijah. He says, Go at once to Zarephath and stay there, a little town called Zarephath. In the Bible, don't you like all these little cool little names they got for places, you know, like hard to pronounce a little bit? He could have said, I want you to go over Hood to Hood instead. You guys don't even know where Hood is. Come on. You know where Hood is, everyone? Sure you do. And it's in the Hood, right there, over there off a of highway Twin Lakes Road, whatever that is it Twin Lakes? No, it's is it Twin Lakes that runs over to Hood? Nobody knows. We just live here. (laughs) Anyway, he says, I want you to go to Zarephath. That town named Zarephath, the the word Zarephath means uh, refining. If you want to dig into it a little bit, it means refining. And what I want you to know here this morning is when you're going through the fire, God is actually refining your life, all right? All right. And Elijah was going through the fire. But you, many of you are going through the fire right now. Don't be afraid of that fire because God is, is refining you. And he's going to make you a vessel for the finer. He's going to make you a better vessel. When you put metal into a fire, the metal gets tempered and it gets stronger. And I wanted to say here, when you go through the fire, you're not going to be consumed. But God is going to temper you and make you stronger. Can I get a say, Amen. So don't push back at all the trials that come your way or the fire that you're going through. God is actually working in the midst of that fire to make a vessel for the finer. He's going to temper you and make you stronger and ready for anything. So he went to Zarephath. And then and he says, There's going to be a widow there that's going to supply you with food. So I'm going to supply you with food through the means of a widow. So he got to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, there she was. A widow was gathering sticks. And the reason why she was gathering sticks is because she was going to make a little fire for her son and her to eat their last meal. They were almost out of of flour. They were almost out of oil. She's gathering sticks up right now just to make their last meal. And, And he called to her and asked, Would you please bring me a little water in a jar so that I could have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and he said, And bring me, please, a piece of bread if you would, too. And then the lady replied, the widow replied, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a a jar and a little bit of oil in a a jug. And And she said, I'm gathering a few sticks right now to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. We are at the very end of our food run. The pantry is empty. We have no resources. We don't have any oil left or flour left. This is our last meal. But Elijah, the man of God, said to her, don't be afraid. Say with me this morning, everybody. Don't be afraid. He said, go home and do as you have said. In other words, go ahead and make that, you know, uh, flour. Make that loaf of bread for you and your son. Have a little water. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me that you may have it and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. But he said, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself. Here's what I want you to see here this morning. Whatever situation you might find yourself in, whatever the economy might be doing, keep God first in everything. And so Elijah represented God. He was the man of God. He was the prophet of God. So he represented the things of God. He said, first make me a small piece of, you know, small loaf for me and then make the rest for yourself. It sounds to me a little bit like what God does even with our income. He said, I don't want the whole loaf. Just give me a small little piece, but give me something first and then you can have the whole loaf and, and feed your family. But, do, but keep God first in your living and in your giving. When I was a little kid, uh, I would, my mom taught me to be a tither, and a tither, tithing is giving a tenth of your income to the Lord. But man, up! I grew up on that, and mom was never hard or harsh about that. She just taught me the principles of giving. This belongs to you now, and this belongs to God. The tithe belongs to the Lord, so honor him with the tithe. He gave, he's not keeping 90%. You get to keep the 90%. You bring the 10%, give it to him, and then he's gonna bless you in such a way. So when I would mow a lawn... For a dollar, I'd bring a dime to church. But then pretty soon, those dollar lawns turned to $2 lawns. And then I'd bring $0.20 to church. And then those $2 lawns would turn to a $5 line. And I'd give, you know, $0.50 to God. In other words, always a tenth. It's always the same based on what you make. But it was honoring God first, putting God first. And then Elijah says this, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord sends rain on the land. So he said, if you'll do this, if you'll make that little piece of, uh, that little loaf for me and then for your son, here's what's gonna happen. If you'll just obey the word of the Lord, if you'll do what the Lord says, he says, you're not gonna run out of oil and you're not gonna run out of flour for a period of three years until this drought comes to an end. How do you know that that's a miracle, amen? So she went away and did as Elijah told her to. How many believe that we should do what God tells us to do? Or what the man of God tells us to do? She went away and did what God told her to do. So there was food. Watch this. There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Hallelujah. And so they had food. Say it with me. Food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. Now, what happened was she heard the word of a prophet, she obeyed the word of a prophet, and she received a prophet's reward. And, and so that's how it worked in the Old Testament. If you, if you heard the word of the prophet, you believed it, and you acted on the word of the prophet, you'd receive a prophet's reward. And the prophet's reward here was that she was going to be provided for, for the next three years. The, the, the oil and the flour would not run out. And so watch this last verse right here. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Hallelujah. So keep God first in your living and in your giving, and all those resources never ran dry. Praise God. Give God a hand clap for his provision in our lives. Amen? Amen. Can you imagine going to your pantry and like, the olive oil never runs out. You dump it out, and it just refills. The next day it's refilled. Or the flour never runs out. You dump it out, and the next day it's refilled. That's how they live for three years, man. I mean, I want to go to my pantry and see that the raisin bran has not run out. I poured it out, and it just replenished itself. Or the uh, honey bunches of oats. That's the one that I don't want to run out. Pour it right there. Or the uh, Cocoa crispies. Oh, yeah, the Oreos. Oh my gracious. <laughs> There's nothing like Oreos with cold milk. I'm telling you what. Made in Mexico. Just they are, too. They're made in Mexico and they're by they Bimbo Foods and they're more than I just told you more than you need to know, but they 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 do they make it's the number one selling, it's the number one selling cookie in the whole world. And you know it every time you bite into one why that's true. But anyway, If the Oreos never ran out, that would be an awesome thing. Can I get a witness? Amen. So that's the Old Testament story that I want to encourage you with this morning. Now I want to go to the Psalms, because I said we're going to go from the Old Testament to the Psalms, and then we're going to go to the New Testament. So let's go to Psalm 37, if you would, Psalm 37, and if you wonder why I don't have notes this morning. It's because I didn't want you to get ahead of me uh, with the notes. I wanted to kind of have to kind of follow and see where we're at. And also, the, the Word of God will serve as your notes this morning, all right? So, Psalm 37 is a wonderful psalm, and it talks about David kind of complaining why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and why the rich never seem to suffer any calamity, but the poor do. It's going back and forth, But that's the whole of the psalm, Psalm 37. You can check it out later. I don't have time to uh, kind of unfold it this morning. But I took some favorite verses out of here that have to do with our attitude in the midst of a famine, all right? Say with me, our attitude. And your attitude makes every difference in the world. In other words, God doesn't want us to be fretting and complaining getting angry and getting full of wrath. He wants us to be trusting in Him. Can I get a witness? In other words, we could just be upset about everything, but man, instead of just saying how bad things are, just say, thank you, Lord God, I'm blessed. Yes. Say it with me this morning, I'm blessed. Yes. Hallelujah. So in Psalm 37, it'll come up on the screen and in your, your Bible as well. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. This is verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Hallelujah. How many How many believe it's a good thing to trust in the Lord? Yes. You know we used to sing "Tis so sweet, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know thus saith the Lord." And then you all know this: Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him how i proved him o'er and o'er jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace to trust him o'er now how many of you have never heard that song come on see y'all yeah at least it proves you're young but 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 that's a cool song isn't that to, to, to trust in god amen so say with me this morning trust in the lord Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. But it says, trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Say it with me this morning. Feed on his faithfulness. We serve a faithful God and I'm going to trust him. How about you? Second thing this morning is delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart if you'll delight yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Delight yourself in the Lord. Say it with me this morning. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. Come on, y'all. Preach back at me a little bit here this morning, all right? The, the more you preach back, the shorter I preach. All right, here we go. Say it with me. Delight yourself in the Lord. There we go. Amen. Let's pray. Let's go now. Delight yourself in the Lord. And by delighting yourself, take joy in the Lord. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Delight yourself in Him. You can say, like I've said so many times, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. Praise God. If you get up in the morning and you don't see your name in the obituary column, it's a, it's a good day. And you say, man, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? So delight yourself in the Lord, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. And that has to do with your attitude as well. We're talking about your attitude during these times of, you know, trying times and uncertain times, and like, what in the world is going on times. Delight yourself in the Lord, man, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't be complaining. God doesn't bless complainers. He blesses people that worship. He blesses people that praise, people that have faith. Don't be a doubter and a complainer. Anybody can do that. Instead, be a person who delights yourself in the Lord. The third thing it says here, look at verse 5, says commit your way to the Lord. Say it with me this morning. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he's going to bring it to pass. So there's there's this whole dynamic, too, of committing yourself to the Lord. God, I trust you. I delight myself. But I'll tell you what, I'm also going to commit myself to you as well. How do you know that it takes a little bit of work to be a believer? You're saved, but I'm talking about you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it's not something you just phone in. It's something that we commit ourselves to, right? anything worthwhile, we commit ourselves to. And then he says this, he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as noonday. In other words, God is going to bring forth your righteousness as light, praise God, and your justice. In other words, God's going to have the final say over the enemy, justice is going to come. And then look at verse 7, it says this, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of that man who brings wicked schemes to pass. He said, Just rest in the Lord. Say it with me this morning rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Praise God. Man, I'm not going to get all stirred up. I'm going to just rest in the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I'm just going to rest in the Lord. Now, I don't want you to go to resting right now, but I want you to rest in the Lord. Because I can see you when you rest, <laughs> right up here. But I'm telling you, y'all need to take a nap this afternoon. If you can, just take a nap, and you need to just take a good nap, and you'll feel so much better. You'll be able to see Golden State Warriors beat the Celtics tonight. They just That's what. A, I don't know. It's not there, but I tell you, kind of, that's kind of scary actually. Um, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for Him. But rest in the Lord. Now, but just in these few verses that we read here, watch what we had in this. What's our attitude going to be? Trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, commit your way to the Lord, rest in the Lord. In all of these uncertain times that we live, that's what our position is going to be. Then, it says this in verse 8, cease from anger. Say it with me this morning. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret. It only causes harm. And usually there's a big bill of people are edgy these days. They're ready for a fight. They're on a short string right now. Our emotions are... And we cannot let our emotions overpower us. We must take authority over our emotions. And it all starts out with fretting, and then fretting leads to anger, then anger leads to wrath. But the Word of God says this cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. How many of you ever blown up in your life? How many of you ever blown up in a marriage relationship? And you go, well, that went well. You know what I'm saying? Boy, wish I could reverse the tape on that one, but I can't get it back. And a lot of the things that we say cause a lot of damage. The psalmist was right when he said it, it only causes harm. But so cease from anger. And when you're feeling yourself getting all amped up, you went from fretting to anger to now wrath. When you feel like that wrath is getting ready to explode, hold it, step back for a moment and just take a deep breath. And don't go there. In fact, my watch, I have an old Apple iWatch that's on here this morning. Uh, several times a day it says this time to breathe. <laughs> and so I look at it ding, 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 time to breathe. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> it says time to stand, too. Yeah. <laughs> time to finish sermon. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> But my watch has this thing, time to breathe. And I'm going to just tell you this. When the enemy starts getting you amped up, now you're fretting, then you go into anger, then you go into wrath. No, no. When all that's beginning have to happen, step back and it it's time to breathe. The Holy Spirit says, it's time to breathe. Don't, you don't get, no. So when you feel like fretting and when you get angry, getting angry and being filled with wrath, guess what? It's time to breathe. And then in verse 18, it says this. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance will be Forever, praise God, so the Lord knows the days of the upright, in other words, he knows you 're the upright here i 'm not telling you 're not the sideways here this morning, you are the upright upright, and He knows, and your inheritance shall be forever. praise God, hallelujah, say it with me i 've got a good end. I've got an expected end, an expected future, all of that stuff. God's with me. Look at verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. I wanted you to see that. I have two exclamation points by this scripture right here this morning. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. We're living in evil times right now. You're not going to be ashamed, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Give me a large, give me a bigger amen. I've been working hard this morning. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, in other words, in the days of famine, you're going to be satisfied. Hallelujah. We don't even know what famine is on a world scale. We don't have a clue. We live in America. You know, the price of gas went up. My McDonald's McGriddle with the logo on it went up. I'm just so depressed. And, 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 and I'm telling you what, there's people all over the world living in tin shanties with no floor, mud on the ground, and we're complaining about kind of little stuff right here. Always remember how blessed you really are. You got a car that you're going like, I can't afford to fill up my car, but most people don't even have a car in the world. So... Turn all of that stuff. Because God says this, in the days of famine, you're going to be satisfied. And then look at verse 23. The steps of a good person, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. If you'll just walk as a good person, as a good man, your steps are ordered by the Lord. God says this, man, I'm going to delight in your way. He delights in his way. Though he falls, he shall not surely or utterly be cast down, for the Lord will uphold him with his hand. Let me ask you this morning, everybody, how many of you have ever tripped up in life? How many ever made a mistake in life? And the rest of you are lying. Let me ask you again. How many of you have ever tripped up in life? You know, and you ever made a mistake. But God says this, don't give up, get up. Even though a righteous man might fall seven times, God will lift him up every time. Hallelujah. (laughs) Though he falls, he will not utterly be cast down. The Lord will uphold him with his right hand. Hey, in this... Body of believers here this morning, we have individuals here this morning. So many of you are walking in triumphant procession. Things are going well. God is blessing you. But there's individuals right here that feel this morning, even right here sitting here, feel like you are utterly cast down. You are feeling, man, I feel like I'm dragging the plow so low right now. I feel utterly cast down and that there's no way out. But I want to tell you this. uh, Even if you fall, God says this, you're not going to be utterly cast down because I'm going to lift you up with my righteous right hand. And man, I'll tell you what, just the way way that our own fathers lifted us up by our, our right hand, our heavenly father all the more is going to do it and do it even better. He's going to lift us up with his righteous right hand. And then I love what it says right here. I have been young. Look at verse 25 and I've got two exclamation points by this scripture. By the way, young people, look at me right now. Young people, you are really doing a great job of listening this morning. I appreciate it. You guys are—you guys are smack smart, man. I love y'all. You're doing great. Hallelujah. Uh, Give our young people. Give our young people. God bless you. All right. Man, if I had to go through all the stuff you're having to go through, I don't know how to ever made it. All the junk you have to live with these days. It was bad when we were all there and the, tr- and the world was changing, but not nearly like y'all. And y'all standing up strong for the Lord. God bless Amen. you. Hallelujah. So he says, he says this. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread in the New, in the king james version it would say i've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread that seed has to do with our descendants our children i've never and here's what how it translates i've never seen the righteous you forsaken or i've never seen his children begging for bread god not only blesses you and your generation but he blesses the generation that's your offspring as well hallelujah and i've never seen any of them begging for bread praise god And he says, I've been young, and now I am old. I've never understood that passage better than I do now. (laughs) I actually, everybody, this is, I just got to tell you, got to be transparent, but I'm 66 and a half years old right now. I can't believe it. I don't even know how I got here so fast. I feel like I'm 32 years old, trapped in a 66 and a half year old body. That's what I do. I feel like, that's what I feel like on the inside. Now I feel that on the inside. My body doesn't always respond that way now, but it's really whack. But you know, you're just you're, you're you you know you're on the inside of this body that's you know giving you a run for the money every now and then. And so, but I have been young and I've been old. Say it with me this morning. I've been young and I've been old. Man, I saw someone at Facebook the other day. Is it Arlene? And they said they said they were 39 or something, and it wasn't, they were actually turning that, no, they would just turn in their 30s, and they'd say, now I'm old. I I wanted, to, I slapped the Facebook. <laughs> like, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're 30-something, and now you're old? You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even get old, old, you're, you, you, okay, here's how it works. <laughs> The 50s, you're a youthful adult all the way through your 50s. Every year of your 50s, you're still a youthful adult. When you hit your 60s, you're finally an adult. But that's all you are. You're an adult for the whole decade. When you hit your 70s, now you're an older adult. And when you hit your 80s, you're finally old, but you're with a young heart. Okay, I'm starting to realize this. I guess I am old. But anyway... But hold on, all my 80-something, man, you keep on going because you're like Donna Dubray, good grief. 80 is the new 65 for her, I'm telling you what. Okay, she's like 85. Is Donna Dubray even in this service? But anyway, Donna, if you're watching online, love you. Okay, so here's the other day. (laughs) Uh, I'm walking in the mall the other day. On Memorial Day, we went to uh, Roseville. Uh, On Memorial Day, thought we'd just go shopping a little bit. It was like Christmas out there. Everybody was shopping. And so I love it when I can go to a mall and not buy anything. For me, I can go for an hour or two and not even buy. I feel like I've won the day on that one. And, and, but, but I got to walk around. So I was walking around. And by the way, Barbara and I, when we go, we start out. We walk in the, we walk in the mall together. And we'll walk by a few stores together. And then she go, hey, do you really want to shop with me? And I go, no. And, and she goes, yeah, I don't like to go look at dresses and stuff like that. She, she wants to go to some other. But I want to go to the hardware store, you know. So we split up for an hour. And then I say, I'll meet you back here for coffee. at the." You know, we, 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 we part our ways and shop the way we want to shop and then come back together. That kind of thing. I hope you don't mind that at all. But hey, it's no. Hey, if your husband wants to shop at a different place than you, it's okay. Can I get a It's all right. Preach it, pastor. <laughs> and in fact, the wives are silently saying, "That's exactly what we want." Please go upstairs and sit in the food court. We don't care where you go. Just go somewhere, and we'll meet you back here in two hours. It's okay. I still love you. I just want some me time. With your credit card. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so we did, the, we did the mall thing, you know, and there are a lot of people out there. So I was walking at Roseville, and I, I was on the Nordstrom end, and so I was getting ready to meet Barbara. It was after about an hour and a half, I'm ready to meet Barbara. So I'm walking through the mall from the Nordstrom end all the way to the, the uh, uh, Macy's end over there. And then I'm walking, I get all the way, almost all the way to Macy's, and then Barb shows up uh, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the lane, and I say, Hey, Barb, do you know what I just noticed right now when I was walking from Nordstrom all the way to Macy's is I never saw one person that wasn't younger than me. In other words, everyone was younger than me. I never saw one person that was older than me. Come on, help me out, everybody. I mean, I was the old... I said, I'm the oldest person in the mall all the way from Nordstrom all the way to Macy's. There's not one person older than me. And then finally, God, thank the Lord, he, this elderly couple comes hobbling around the corner like this, you know. And then, except for that couple, they're the only ones that are older than me. You don't understand. You don't. I know you don't, but someday you will. Life is... Here's how life works. Your doctor is always older than you, always older than you. And then your doctor is about the same age as you. And then the doctor could be your children. That's how life kind of works. Have you noticed what I'm saying? Okay, why am I spending so much time here? Oh, here's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I have been young and now I'm old on the timeline of life, yet... I've never seen the righteous forsaken right. or his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends. In other words, God says this, I'm gonna bring you to a place that you're not even gonna be without, but I'm gonna help you to land." and his descendants are blessed forever. Praise God. In other words, um, I had a sister came up to me this morning. and said, I, you know, I feel like God wants us all to know of his keeping power in our life. God is a faithful God, hallelujah, he will not only bless you, but he'll bless your descendants as well. And if you're happy for that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise, amen? He's faithful. <laughs> praise the Lord, hallelujah. Now, um, I, through the years, I've loved the ministry of um, Jim simbola Pastor Jim simbola in Brooklyn Tabernacle. If you've never, you know, podcast or anything or go onto um, YouTube, just plug in the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Brooklyn Tabernacle, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir and all of that. Jim Cimbalup, great person, great pastor. And um, their choir is kind of like world-renowned, all right? And uh, uh, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And one song they used to sing years ago is called He's Been Faithful. And it's written by a a lady named Demarius Carbaugh. And she wrote these words, and, and, but it really fits with what we're saying here right now. And she wrote this. In my moments of fear, through every pain and every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. And when my strength was all gone, when my heart had no song, still in love, he's proved faithful to me. Every word he has promised is true. What I thought was impossible, I've seen my God do. He's been faithful, faithful to me, looking back, his love and mercy I see, though in my heart I have questioned, even failed to believe, yet he's been faithful, faithful to me. If you believe we serve a faithful God, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise, amen, hallelujah. When I was a little kid, uh, minister's kid, I grew up in the parsonage and all of that, and so we... Uh, I remember living in Cullum, North Dakota, KULM, population now about 400 people at the time, it was a big city of about 650 people. And we had four churches in town. Our church had around 200 people that went to it in a, church, in a city of, of, of 650 people. 200 is a huge uh, church for a town that size. But um, my dad ended up getting sick during those years, and, and he had ulcers. He suffered from ulcers. And back... During that time, they couldn't do much for ulcers back in the 60s. And so they brought him to the hospital and they, um, he was, had bleeding ulcers. So they ended up cutting out two-thirds of his stomach two-thirds of his stomach then gave him blood transfusions, and during the blood transfusions back at that time, he ended up getting hepatitis. It was bad blood. He ended up getting hepatitis, and he almost died. Then we had to leave the ministry for a, for about a year, and he had to move. He, he went to be with his, his mom and dad in a little town called Wilmer, Minnesota, in a little house, and then we followed, I remember, in the station wagon. Someone from the church, Melvin Erickson from the church, brought us and drove the car. Uh, the station wagon, we unloaded the parsonage, went, went to grandpa and grandma's house, loaded everything for a year. We stayed with them. I remember driving through the night in that Chevy station wagon. We had five kids, and that was back before seat belts. You had the big pad in the back, no back seat at all. You just, you know, we fought for that back area. The twins always got it. I was a twin, so the twins always got the back. So we were sitting in the back then the three other kids in the second seat, mom and dad, but it wasn't mom and dad, it was mom, dad was already sick, he was with his mom and dad in in Minnesota, and we're going through the night, leaving everything that we knew, all the security that we knew, the church that we loved, dad was sick, he'd be at night, Um, you know, uh, vomiting up blood and everything like that. I just remember all these traumatic things, and then having to leave, and then move into this tiny little house in Wilmer, Minnesota, probably a 1,000 square feet, and we had seven, a family of seven, and grandpa and grandma, and a tiny little uh, uh, two-bedroom house in the bottom, and then an attic where you could put more people upstairs, kind of an upper loft area, and that was it. Tiny little box house. And, and and we lived that way, and Dad had to eventually, he got well, and he wasn't in ministry anymore. He was working down at JCPenney selling suits to, just to get by, and, and Mom was taking care of us, and Dad and Grandpa was doing it. And I'm going like, man, all of that stuff that we went through, and then we finally had to move to another town where we were just... Uh, on our own and renting a house for another year. And, And mom was working in a grocery store and dad was working still. And finally he got well enough to go back in ministry. But those years, I'm saying, even though they were tough years and there was a lot of tears, yet God got us through and he's been faithful. And I can just tell you this, from the time I was born, from the time I was born and through the timeline of life all the way up to present day, 66 and a half years, I've never been forsaken or begging bread God has always been faithful. Hallelujah. And I want to just say here, and I'm not swearing here, but I'm saying, come hell or high water, God will provide for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you go like, what in the world is going on? And you might say, Pastor, why did you say that? Because I meant it. I'm saying sometimes you go through the life, and they said, if you're walking through H E W L, keep on walking. Can I get a witness anyway? Yeah. Don't stop there. I'm not cussing at all here. I'm talking about there are times in life where you're like, what on earth is going on? And God's been faithful. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. So, thank you for his faith. Now, we've talked about Elijah in the Old Testament. We talked about the psalmist having the right attitude, realizing that never seen a righteous forsaken or his seeds begging for bread or anything like that. So that's the, that's the psalmist part. Then the New Testament, we'll end with that and we'll go home real quickly here. New Testament is out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And this is Jesus speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, this wonderful sermon that he gave. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Everyone say with me right now. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's the Sermon on the Mount. And but he's in. We're talking now, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five, and Jesus is saying this. Therefore, in light of all of these things we've talked about, all the wearing, he says this. Don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor about your body, what you're going to put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Or he could have said it in this day and age. Is he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, uh, nor about your body, what you're going to wear or about your car, how you're going to fill it up with gas. He would just say, don't worry about these things. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then he says this, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Think of the thousands and millions of birds of the air, and God's taking care of every single one of them. He says, are you not more valuable than the birds of the air? And then he says this, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? And really that should be translated. It doesn't mean about you growing taller. If you look at this, it really means which of you by worrying can add any, a year to your life or lengthen your life in any way? On the contrary, when you worry and toil, it takes years from your life and, 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 and life from your years. So he says this, which of you by wearing can add one cubit to his stature? So he says, this is Jesus now, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And, and, he, and he says, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like the lilies of the field. How many of you ever seen kind of what we would call the lilies of the field? Kind of wave your hands at me, right? And, 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 and see, so you have them different places where there's just this uh, covering of the lilies of the field. And I, I remember um, about 15 years ago, I was riding my motorcycle through Death Valley and Death Valley had a uh, uh, a um, covering of, of of lilies or flowers in the field that hadn't been there in 85 years. The seeds had not shown any sign of life for around 85 years, but about 15 years ago, all of a sudden, the Death Valley was covered with this covering of kind of flowering plants. It was an amazing thing. And they said that these seeds that were dormant for 85 or 90 years, all of a sudden came to life and there were the flowers of it. Other. And he says, consider the lilies of the field. I watch over them, so I'm gonna watch over you. Can I get a witness? And then he said this, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like all of these. Solomon, by the way, was the son of King David. So King David has a successor and it was Solomon. Solomon had horses. He had all of these wives. He had palaces and everything. He had his royal splendor. But they said even Solomon and all of his royal splendor would not be arrayed like one of these. And today you could kind of translate it. If we were like in modern days, it would say even, they might say something like this, even Queen Elizabeth II, in all of her majesty and Splendor and regalia on the occasion of her platinum jubilee—70 years that'll probably never ever be equaled by any other king or 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 queen. Even king, even Queen Elizabeth II, with all of her splendor, the horses, the red coats. The pomp and circumstance, everything that's been taking place for the last three days, even them could not be compared to the lilies of the field and all of their grandeur. And they just, they're gone. They're here today and gone tomorrow. In fact, Jesus said this, now if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, it's only here for a season, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, you who are so much more valuable than the lilies of the field? So Jesus said this, therefore, say with me this morning, therefore, do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear don't worry about these things I want you to turn to your neighbor and say don't worry, don't worry. So turn your other neighbor and say don't worry pastor's going to get us out on time it's okay <laughs> for after all these things the Gentiles seek but your heavenly father knows he says after all these things the pagans seek people that don't know God feel this way they're worrying about everything don't worry about how high a gallon of gas might be After all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. And let me just say here this morning, God knows you need things. We all need things. You need things, I need things, we all need things. It's not a sin to need things. God knows you need things, but he says this, the thing you need the most is to seek him first, then all these other things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, to everyone, let's live June 5th today. It's the only June 5th, 2022 we're ever going to have. Let's make it a good one. He says, because tomorrow we'll have a new day, but let's not worry about tomorrow. Let's just keep it today. Years ago, somebody wrote a song called One Day at a Time, and it still applies today. Live your day one day at a time. Hallelujah. So two takeaways here this morning that'll give you hope from our message that we shared. We shared about Elijah in the Old Testament We share the psalmist having the right attitude in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the fray, Uh, you know, realizing that God's going to take care of you. And in the New Testament, we shared about not worrying because God's going to watch over you just like he watches over the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Two takeaways that'll give you hope today. First of all, we serve the God who never runs out of gas. Can I get a wind to say amen? Amen. And if I, I said this, but I think I already said it, but you know, if I preach this five years from now, I'll say the God who never Runs out of electricity. God just never runs out. I was young and now I'm old. Look it up here in the scripture. Say it with me if you would. Uh, say with me. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And you, my, my friends, are the righteous. Uh, uh, you're the righteous right now. I'm talking to the righteous. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You might not feel righteous, but he has clothed you with his righteousness. And that's what qualifies you is because he's clothed you. Hallelujah. So he's, he's going to watch over you. And the second thing is, we serve the God who will supply all of your needs. And I want you to read it here this morning with me again and read it real loud, and then I'll really close, okay? Read it real loud. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. If you received the word this morning, give the Lord a great hand, clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me all across the auditorium. Man, we got word to go on, and we got word to encourage us today. It's going to be okay in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, you all have been good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I just pray right now a blessing over every single person in this place. Lord, we all need you. God, I thank you, Lord, that even when we're walking through uncertain times, we didn't even get to all of the other things that are going in the world. We won't spend that time today. But we live with with things that just cause all kinds of uncertainty, like how are things going to pan out? But Lord, I thank you right now in the middle of an unstable world, we serve a God who's a rock. Lord, I thank you right now that no matter what happens, Lord God, you're with us wherever we go. And God, I thank you right now that we can trust in you, that we can commit ourselves to you, Lord God, that we can delight in you, and that we can rest in you. And so, Lord, I just thank you right now that you're with us. Right now, you're going to see us through even the upheavals that we go through in our lives, Lord God. You're you're a God that sees us through, and we'll never see the righteous forsaken. Or a seed begging for bread, and God, we rest on your word today, and we stand in it today. Let everyone be encouraged today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray your blessing and your provision, your keeping power over your people today. Hallelujah. I want to just ask you here before we leave, all across the auditorium, if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Perry, man, I just really needed this word today, but I'm really going through a time, a very difficult time in my life, and and I just feel... Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I'm just going through a tough time in my life and I really need the Lord's help to to reach down and uphold me with his righteous right arm. I just need that kind of help in my life today. Would you pray for me today that God will uphold me with his righteous right arm? arm. If you need that kind of a prayer this morning, just kind of lift your hand up real quickly all across the auditorium, and I want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Back over here, yes. I want everyone now to lift up your hands with all of these that have lifted up their hands, and every time you all lift up your hands that are in pain this morning, because I know there are individuals, you've walked in this place, and man... There's so many of us are looking good. We all put on the best front. But on the inside, you can be really hurting on the inside. You can be hurting on the inside. And that every when I see you lift your hands, it just, it just, it just hits me and just moves my heart in such a profound way. And I just pray for you today that you're going to be encouraged in the Lord, that God is going to come alongside of you that he's going to send his Holy Spirit to come alongside of you and encourage you and lift you up. But more than that, even he's going to lift you up with his righteous right hand in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray right now that this is going to be the end of a season of suffering for so many of you and it's going to be the beginning of a whole new breakthrough because God is going to reach down with his righteous right arm and lift you up out of that miry clay in the name of Jesus and put your feet on a rock to stay. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah. So be encouraged because for many of you, this season is coming to an end right now. In the name of the Lord, you're going to see a breakthrough. See a breakthrough in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then there's others right now that your time in your season of suffering and your season of trial is getting close to finishing. All these things, storms, I want you to tell you, the best news I can give you about storms is that they come to an end. And sometimes God's saying, instead of moving that mountain, I'm going to ask you to climb that mountain and get over the top of that mountain. It's going to happen a different way. But God is always going to have your good. He's always going to do a refining work in you. And whatever he takes you through, you're going to come out stronger anyway. So to trust Him in whatever the process is going to be. But for some of you here this morning, God's going to say, Nope, it's time right now. I'm I'm going I'm going to reach down and I'm going to lift you up with my righteous right hand. And if you receive that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise right now. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So take your hope in Him. In the name of Jesus, I just pray an extra measure of grace over every person in this place that's suffering today. On the inside, Lord God, give them hope and give them encouragement, Lord God. Give them cause to rejoice, Lord God. Give them your supply. Give them that miracle they're looking for in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We pray it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We just bless you right now. Lord, let broken relationships be mended in the name of the Lord. God, I pray right now that sick bodies will be made well in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, that chronic diseases, Lord God, are going to be healed in the name of the Lord. That addictions, Lord God, are going to be broken in the name of the Lord. God, that you will provide for your people right now in the mighty name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have the song. We're not going to sing it. But I, we used to, these uh, meetings used to sing all the time. You know, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. And I want you to just turn to your neighbor and say, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You believe that in the name of Jesus? Amen. Be encouraged in the Lord. Last blessing. Lord, bless your dear people, Lord God. We (laughs) We are your people and the sheep of your pastor. God, I thank you. You're leading us. You're defending us from the evil one. And God, you're making us stronger. Lord, let every person in this place take their hope in you. And Lord, I just speak right now, great divine blessing and intervention for your people today. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that received that, say aloud, amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you so much. Have a great day. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged, and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.